Right, good morning, church. We have some exciting things to talk about today, but I thought I'd start with a survey. I know we love surveys around here. Now, this is going to be just a quick one, a raise of hand survey. <clears throat> just for the record, how many of you have ever, uh, don't raise your hand yet, we'll just do it all at once so that nobody's like half, oh, yeah, okay, all at once, have ever, even one time, ever, even one time, been a part of come to one of our pre-service prayers here at this church at any point. In, like, okay, go ahead. Whether you want to go. Okay, that's great. Uh, uh, about 150 of you. That's fantastic. So uh, exciting. Every week, every Sunday, actually twice on Sundays, um, in the morning, in the evening, the elders and the members and the, the, those who are volunteering for the day and really anybody who, has, um, who wants to come, staff, anybody, uh, whether they're four years old or 40 years old or seven years old or seven years old, um, we, we gather together, we spread out on the balcony and, and we, we together seek God. And we seek God for, for several things during the pre-service prayer time. We, we, um, seek, we humble ourselves before God. And we have a time of repentance as individuals, as a church, as a city. Um, then, then we have a time where we, we worship God and we, we praise God and we declare the great things that he's done in the past and in the word and, and, and in our lives. And then we, we basically call on God to act powerfully in our gathering, to speak in our gathering, to encourage and to, to build up. And then we call on God to reawaken our city and, and, and have mercy on our, our city and our nation and, and generation. So we do that uh, uh, during the prayer time, and, and then we, we, we spend some time listening. Uh, God, is there anything you'd like to say to us as a church or as individuals? And, and then there's a few, few other, other things. For about seven years or so, we basically, you know, twice a Sunday minimum, uh, we gather together and we've been pleading and petitioning God for more space. That's been one of our, our, our big prayer requests um, I, I bet that's not news to, to most of you. We have been seeking God for more space because uh, we've basically been at capacity in this, in this building for, for seven years. I mean, it's the, the height of summer now, and, and um, there's, there's still a lot of people in the balcony. It's just, it's just one of those, those, um, those joys. Well, after years of, uh, of praying and, and trying and waiting and frustrations and disappointments, and now it's looking, I want to say certain, but basically certain, nearly uh, basically, basically certain that God has given us uh, more space, and, 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 and yay, praise God. Um, here's, what, here's what's going on, in fact, I'll, I'll step back just so that everybody's on, on the same page here. Uh, seven years, we've been at capacity, we've been asking God for more space, we've been searching for a larger building, we've been looking at trying several buildings in the city center and here in the West End and all that sort of stuff. And every, every time something would become possible, we'd pray about it, we'd lean in, and, and it just wouldn't, uh, it just didn't come together. In fact, none of the buildings that we've pursued over seven years, there's not been any change on any of them. It's not like we've missed out, and they just, things move fast in scholars. Anyway, so, so that's... Uh, we, we've, been, we've been trying and pursuing, but over the last course of the year or so, uh, God's been speaking louder and louder about this, this idea of, of campuses. In fact, I, I spent three weeks uh, not eating in January and, and seeking God and fasting, and I came out of it um, with that bit really clear, this idea of feeling like we were going to have the center campus and then maybe campus in the north and the south and the east and the west. And So God's been speaking clearly about that. 
But my thought is, and my hope had been over the, after all these seven years of work, that the first thing that we would have is kind of a center campus, like, like St. Jude's. We've been praying about St. Jude's, and we're still in, in discussions with them. And, and it'd be great if that, that worked out. still like to see that work out. But first, that we would have like a larger center campus, and then have these, these north, south, east, west campuses. But then... Um, something happened on the 31st of May and then the 1st of June. Now, on the 31st of May, I was, I was, being, uh, I was in the time of prayer with several people who, who actually don't know the church very well at all, don't know what's going on. And uh, we're praying, and, and they just kept saying, you know, feel a real clarity that, that God, and they, they described this campus vision that I'd been getting in January. And then the next day, I got a text from somebody saying, hey, Brian, do you remember that building uh, that you looked at a few weeks ago? I, I think you should look at it again, uh, at again, at it again with this idea of maybe a campus. And, and, and so a few weeks earlier, I, I, we saw this building on the south side, great building. Uh, my son and I drove around it. We're like, great, but there's no way that we, could all, we would all want to move from here to there. It's just, it's, it's just too far away for, for some of us here. Um, but th that idea of it being a campus, and coming out of this prayer time and this fasting season, I'm like, oh, I wonder if, if that's actually what God's saying, that we're going to be getting a campus before, in my ideal situation, uh, started moving into a center campus. So we started praying and looking into that and exploring it, and, and it seems like since that day, um, it's, we've just been zooming towards this idea. Uh, a week ago, Friday, we put an offer on the building, and apparently we are the preferred offer. I don't know exactly what that means, but we are the preferred offer. So uh, basically it means over the next 15 days, we're doing extra surveys. And if we kind of still want it at the end of 15 days, uh, we kind of just bought a church building on the south side of the city. So again, it, nothing's signed and I've had some bad experiences. However, uh, um, it, it looks very much like, like, our, like our, our, our future is, is opening up. In fact, I think there's a, is there a picture on the screen there might be, yeah, of kind of what we're in the process of purchasing. It looks like God might have given us a uh, 1,000, 1,100 seats more, um, more space, uh, a, a building that's about oh, an easy, easy three, three times, more than three times the size of this space on the south side. And, and we get to uh, continue on here as well. So uh, the plan um, basically is uh, that it looks, I think, as far as I understand it, we'd be getting the keys around November 1st. So that's kind of the plan. It, it, it looks like we're really doing this. Uh, it looks like this is happening, and I'll keep you posted uh, as things change. But family, I think God is in the process of right now answering over seven years of our church praying every week. About a hundred people between the morning and the evening praying every week for more space. And I don't know if you've been with us in this whole journey, but there's been years where we're like, okay, we've been praying for space for a long time and it's just not happening. And I know that some of you have had personal prayer requests like that, where you've been praying and praying for something for years and you just don't see anything happening. And we fought through discouragement, we fought through setbacks, and we've continued to pray, and now it looks like that which we've prayed for together as a church is, is, finally, is finally unfolding. Uh, now, I'm going to explain the, the, the plan in greater detail at the members' meeting on the 11th of September. Um, 
stay fun, just be ready. There's probably going to be a, we'll have more members now. <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, I want to be at that meeting. Yeah, so, um, so you can sign up for membership online at the Rio Grande. Uh, on September 11th, but the quick simple facts are I'll be teaching there and here both. Uh, 10 o'clock there, 11 o'clock service here. I'll be teaching at both of them. Ruth Weller is going to be the campus, the lead pastor there at the south side, and she's going to rally together a team of about nine people, uh, key volunteers and, and stuff to, to form a leadership team just specifically for that, for that south side uh, campus. The worship is going to be great. The kids are going to use the same curriculum across both, uh, both places. And uh, we're going to look for a new campus pastor here at, at this campus. And I'm going to guess um, we'll probably start this Southside campus sometime in January. That's my best guess. Okay? Um, more details to come. Okay. But after years of praying, after years of praying, uh, years of disappointment, it looks like we're zooming quickly towards uh, our, our, our future, our exciting future. So what I want to talk about today, that was just all set up, what I want to talk about today is how does the Bible encourage us to respond on the day of full and finally answered prayers? Now, we've been doing some praying and fasting over the years as churches, and, and I, we hear praises all the time, um, but since we're about to go through all together a time of, of of experiencing uh, big answered prayers together, I want to make sure that we, we, we know how, is, how does God get delighted? How, do, how is it that, um, that when we experience God's final answered prayers, how do we respond in a full and full and complete way? We talk a bunch about prayer around here, um, but I want to set us up now as a group for when that day fully arrives for us, and it looks like it's, it's, it's nearly upon us. Now, Maybe you know this about me, uh, maybe you don't, but I, in my hour prayer times in the mornings, very often I will read a psalm or four. Yeah, some of them, some of them are, are short, but about a psalm or four. And, and I, I love the psalms, and it's interesting, I, I, personally I love the psalms, I rarely, rarely ever talk about the psalms here. I actually rarely um, preach through a psalm or anything like that. But personally, I, I just really enjoy them, and I find a lot, a lot of life and encouragement in the Psalms. Well, in the Psalms, um, lots of them have, the, have the, the, the psalmist, the author of the psalm, um, writing about, like, just pleading for God for an answer to prayer. God, please answer this prayer. Please answer that prayer. And then in the psalm, they'll say, um, they'll talk about the right response. You know, when you answer this prayer, then I will do this. Or because you've answered this prayer, here's my response. And so um, we're going to look at seven psalms, not because we need to look at seven. and it, We could have looked at two and covered all six of these things. But there are six great responses, six right responses when God finally answers our prayers. Six of them that are like, if you want to, if you want to praise God, if you want to celebrate what God has done in answer your prayer, here's six ways to respond. Uh, so, uh, but because I love the Psalms, I decided to use a different Psalm for each and just kind of quickly introduce us, not reading them all, but quickly introducing us to the Psalms. Okay, so the first Psalm, um, the first Psalm is Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 is written by David, and, and it goes like this. It starts like this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry for help. 
He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. How happy is the man who has put his trust in the Lord? And it continues on. So the context is having waited patiently. Now, for me, when I read this psalm, I, 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 I highlight the word waited and I de-emphasize the word patiently. <laughs> uh, I can't always characterize my waiting as waiting patiently for the Lord to, to answer my cries, but, but waiting patiently, and I know that that often feels familiar, this idea of waiting for God. Skipping down to verse 13, um, David writes, Lord, be pleased to deliver me. Hurry to help me, Lord. And again, we know that urgency. We know that urgency uh, in, when it comes to prayer and, and having those kind of prayer requests. But finally, David's prayer is answered, and we read his response down in verse 16. It says, Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, The Lord is great. The first right way, the first wonderful way to respond when God finally answers your prayer is to rejoice. It's to rejoice. It's to, to let your heart rejoice all through the Bible, all through the Psalms. We see joy. We see rejoicing as the right response to answer prayer. Actually, the right response to all of life. Paul writes in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. And he's, I'll say it again. Rejoice. That's not me. That's actually what Paul says. Uh, he says, rejoice. When God answers your prayer, the, the let yourself rejoice. Let yourself, don't hold back, celebrate. Celebrate, be glad, throw, throw a, a party. God, God has heard you and helped you rejoice and, and, and let yourself rejoice. Don't, don't, just, don't just rejoice on the inside. I am so rejoicing on the inside right now. I, I know, I, I grew up in one of those churches that learned to stunt all my emotions, and I'm rejoicing so much on the inside. This is so great, so great. No, no, no. Let joy burst out of your life, and, and let yourself rejoice. If you're not really good at the whole rejoicing thing, work on it. It's a fun assignment. I'm going to practice rejoicing. Um, might be a little bit awkward at first, but you'll get there. It'll be great. Uh, let joy burst out of your heart. Rejoice. So that's the first thing, rejoicing. The second and right biblical way to respond when God finally answers your prayer. For that one, I'm going to skip ahead to Psalm 69. And Psalm 69 begins with these words. Save me. Save me, God, for the water has risen to my neck. I've sunk deep. I've sunk in deep mud. And there's no footing. I mean, how often does life feel like that for some of us? I've come into deep waters, and, and a flood sweeps over me. I'm weary from my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. If you're, if you're looking for someone who understands a desperate, dark moment in your life, Psalm 69 is for you. Things are not going well for David. Skipping down to verse 13, he describes it a little bit more. But as for me, Lord, my prayer to you is for a time of favor. In your abundant, faithful love, God, answer me with your salvation. Rescue me from the miry mud. Don't let me sink. Just, 
I just know what that's like. I know what you, you guys know what those prayers are like. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep waters. Don't let the floodwaters sweep over me or the deep swallow me up. Don't let the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, for your faithful love is good in keeping with your great compassion. Turn to me. Don't hide your face from me, from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. I think that sums up my prayers. Answer me quickly. Again, I know so many know that desperation. You're, you're hearing this. And you're like, wow, other people have felt this. Yes, answer me quickly, God. And then we finally read what David's response is going to be as God answers his prayer. And, and it's down in verse 29 in the psalm. And David says, but as for me, poor and in pain, let your salvation protect me. God. I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving. So the second right response when God answers a prayer is, to, is praise to God. Like just directly, you praising God. Praising God. <clears throat> Again, thus far I'm hoping that these are basic. I, 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 I want at least half of these to be um, familiar enough thoughts, otherwise I'll feel in, insulted and I, like, I've done a bad job as your pastor over the years. But praising to God uh, when God finally answers our prayers. Uh, you get that. My hope for today is to set us up for a great response. A great response when God fully answers our prayer. Now, when God answers prayers, sometimes our response can be, oh, okay, oh good, <laughs> oh good. Phew, um, jolly good. Uh, uh, I am so relieved. Phew, phew, I'm so relieved that God that God answered my prayer. That's a relief. I just, I'm just going to keep reiterating. The, the idea of that's a relief or, oh, phew, or, oh, good, God answered my prayer. That's a, that's a kind of a pathetic response when it, when it comes to, to answered prayer. In this, in this psalm, it's like, I'm going to praise God. I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna sing. I'm going to sing to God. Uh, I'm going to sing to God. Other psalms you see like I'm going to sing I'm gonna, a new song I'm going to come up I'm going to write a new song I'm going to sing a new song To God in my praise My praise when, when Israel crosses the Red Sea And they're finally delivered from slavery They stop Miriam uh, Moses' sister Composes a, a song for them to sing Of the joy and triumph On the full rescue and deliverance From, from Egypt They stop and they, they sing As God has finally answered their prayer For rescue from Egypt Intentional, big, bold, loud praising to God is such a right response when he answers our prayer. Not just praising God in the inside. God, you know my heart. I'm so, so thankful. Uh, but praising, loud praising of God. So that's the second one. The third one, and, and also one that I, I, I hope is really familiar to, to us here. We're, we're going to skip ahead to Psalm 71. Psalm 71, again, like all these, the context is desperate, desperate <coughs> need for answered prayer. And the psalm begins like this, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. Give the command to save me. Oh man, what a great line. God, give the command to save me. 
for you are my rock and fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and oppressive. I think, I think one of the things I just love about the Psalms in the morning, that there's a wide variety of Psalms. And going through them in the morning is in just a little bit at a time. Some of them reflect seasons of praise. Some of them see, reflect seasons of, of anguish. Uh, this, this one is just the anguish of needing God's help desperately. And then the joy and then the hope of God's actual rescue. His actual rescue. And, and going through the Psalms, yes, it's one thing to pray in your anguish. But also I, I keep seeing that when you're praying in your anguish, you're also learning to continue to hold on to hope. And to continue to reflect, uh, except for Psalm 88. Don't read Psalm 88. No, I'm just kidding. I love Psalm 88. Um, but, but all the rest, uh, just they, they have those words of hope by the end. Anyway, skipping down to verse 15. It says, but I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. Again, that's from the last point, praising to God. Verse 15. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, although I cannot sum them up. Okay, so the third and, and the right response to God when he finally and fully a- answers desperate and, and long-time prayers is to talk about it, to testify about it to God's people. To, or sorry, to testify about God to people. Testify about God to people. I know that I've taught this over the years. God loves to be praised. He, he loves it. That's why we do a share time here. He loves it when we, when, when he prays, or sorry, when we pray to him and he answers our prayers and when people talk about it, not just to him about it, but to people. He loves that. He loves getting praised. In our generation, there's lots of prayers being answered. But so few people are saying anything about it. Oftentimes, because they're worried about what people think, if they say, oh, I, I prayed to God and he answered my prayer and this is what happened, they're be like, yeah, but that just happened. That wasn't God. And they'll feel like people will look down on them if they try and attribute that they prayed and God answered to something that could have just happened. And so the praise for God, for what he's done in our generation, has been stifled. It's been crushed down. If you pray and it happens, the right and wonderful response is to talk about it to people. To talk about it. It's, it's how you say, God, thank you. You talk about it to people, giving God all the credit. God loves answering the prayers of people who love to praise him for what he does. He doesn't love answering prayers and getting robbed of his credit for under the guise of it could have just happened. If you love the idea of God answering lots of prayers, when he does answer those prayers, be committed to be loud about it testifying to, to believers and to unbelievers uh, with your mouth, talking about how God saved you and rescued you and, and helped you in some way or another. Okay, so that's the third one. And those are the most commonly applied ones, but there's three more. There's three more. And for this, this next one, we're going to look at Psalm 61. Psalm 61, and it, and it begins like this. God, hear my cry. Hear my cry. Pay attention to my prayer. I call to you from the ends of the earth when my heart is without strength. Again, that, that praying, that pleading, pay, God, pay attention even when I, I'm out of strength, even when I'm out of strength. Then skipping down to the last verse in verse 8, and then it says, Then I will continually sing of your name, 
fulfilling my vows day by day. Again, we, we see this idea of singing, but then it, it talks about this other right way to respond when God answers your prayer by keeping our bargains, by keeping our bargains, fulfilling vows, fulfilling promises. Uh, many, many times in the Bible, people are so desperate to have God answer the, their prayers that they make a bargain with him. God, if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. God, if you answer this prayer, then I will get my life sorted out. God, if you, if you do this for me, then I will worship you. Then I will become a missionary. I'll become a pastor. I will, you know, they bargain with God. I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you six goats and three dollars. I don't know. I, what, the, the bargain with God for, 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 for something. God, God, if you do this for me, then I will believe in you and I'll give my life to you. Bargaining with God. God, if you get me out of this mess, I'll never do that again. We see that all through the Bible. It still happens in, in our generation. It, it's, 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 always been, it's always been the case. Now, I try not to bargain with God because I think he loves me and I want him to just answer my prayers without making some sort of like big bargain or something like that. But sometimes I, I do and, and I get desperate. I get desperate. And I go, God, please, if you do this for me, then I will do that. Many people do. Um, so, but what I want to say is, friends, if you do that, or if you've done that with a prayer, God, I'm so desperate for this, and you've made a bargain with God in one way or another, a promise or whatever, keep it. Keep your bargain. Even if you just prayed it one time. If you've made a bargain with God for answered prayer, keep it. You don't, the Bible does not say you need to bargain with God. It says he loves you. It says that he loves to give good gifts to his children. Uh, it, it doesn't say bargain with me and we'll, we'll cut a deal. Um, but it's very common. If you do that, then keep your vows. Keep your, keep your end of the bargain. It's a big deal. In fact, maybe some of your current prayers have been delayed because some bargains haven't been paid that you've made in the past. Do what you've said you're going to do. Keeping your bargains. See it all through the Bible. All the Bible. That's the fourth one. The fifth one is, okay, let's look at Psalm 54. Psalm 54. You're noticing these, these desperate psalms are kind of between Psalm 40 and Psalm 90-ish. Most, most of them are kind of right in that zone. Uh, let's, okay, Psalm 54. It starts out again with a desperate prayer request. God, save me by your name vindicate me by your might god hear my prayer listen to the words of my mouth for strangers rise up against me and violent men seek my life they have no regard for god again you just can't read through the psalms on a bad day without feeling like there's people in the past who 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 get it who who gets it anyways how does david respond in this psalm he says he says this in verse six I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Yahweh, because it is good, for he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked down on my enemies. The fifth way is a free will offering. A free will offering. Now, there's lots of different kinds of offerings in the Bible. There's like sin offerings, guilt offerings, purification offerings, group uh, offerings to, you know, for group and all that kind of stuff. Jesus paid all the purification offerings and, and guilt offerings. There's also thank offerings and, and just free will offerings, kinds of offerings that are like, I'm just thankful. So God, thank you. Here, 
here, I'm, I'm giving you an above and beyond, an extra. I'm giving you an extra offering out of thankfulness. I'm, and, and I'm not just going to be thankful with my mouth. I'm going to be thankful with this offering. And, and, and that looks a lot of different ways, whether it's a sacrifice or, or it seems like um, you get the sense of Saul, Samuel, Saul, David, and lots of kings, when they would win battles or when they would be victorious or when they would call to God to help them in battle and they would win and God would answer those prayers, they would fill the temple treasuries of God with, with, um, with thankful offerings. Like God didn't ask them for all that, but, but just thank, I'm thankful that you watched over your army. I'm thankful for the victory that, that, you, that you gave me. It's very biblical when God answers prayers, when he, when he answers a prayer request. Okay, I'm going to say thank you. Here's an extra offering, a one-time extra offering to God, just of thankfulness. Our generation doesn't think about that as much. Um, we have other plans to be thankful, cheaper plans to, to, to be thankful. But again, just look at the Bible. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the great responses to, to the God who hears prayers and answers. A one-time thankful offering. Thankful people bringing thankful extra offerings. That's five. <clears throat> the last one, the sixth one. The sixth one, um, Psalm 116. Wouldn't it be great if I could just go through 150 different ones right now? But no, no, I'm just going to keep it to six. In Psalm 116, now this is in the context of joy. This is in the context of God has already answered this person's prayer. And it starts like this in Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death, this is looking back at what has happened. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. And the torments of Sheol overcame me. And some of you know what it's like to just feel tormented by, by Sheol, by death. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of Yahweh. Yahweh saved me. And then he goes on and describes being saved. Skipping down to verse 17. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of Yahweh. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. So again, there's that fulfilling of the vows. There's that, that thankful offering, th those other points. But just before this, in verse 12, we read this response. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? Now that's a good question. I will take up I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of Yahweh. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. It talks about taking up the cup of salvation. Now there's a lot of people who, who have not dedicated their lives to Jesus, but they'll pray. And, and they've, not, they've not given their life to Jesus, and they pray that, God, help me, save me now. I, you know, if you're real, if you're out there, help me. And maybe that's some of your stories where you didn't, you didn't know if you believed in God or not, but you called out to God, God, help me, God, rescue me, and he did. And he got you out. The right response is to be like, okay, thank you for hearing my prayers, and now I give my life to you. I dedicate my life to you. Some people, uh, so what, what's, the, what's the point here? Give your life to Jesus and obey his commands. The sixth response. Give your life to Jesus and obey his commands. Some people are Christians, but they're not even really trying to follow Jesus very closely. 
try, not trying to live a godly life, but they have, they've called out to God for help. And in his mercy, not because of your perfection, because of his great mercy, he's answered. He's heard, he's answered, he's helped, he's saved, he's rescued, he's delivered you. The right response, even when your life is off track, is to turn back to God's ways and to walk in obedience. To be like, God, I, I needed you and you were there for me. Now I'm going return to return and I'm going to follow you with, with my heart, with my obedience. If that's your story and you, have, and you have prayed out to God and he's answered your prayer but you've not yet given your life to Jesus or you've been off track and you've prayed out to God, um, I, I'm going to help you in just a moment if you want to, to respond in that way during this time. But when God answers you and he shows you that he's real and he shows you that he cares for you, that he's listening to you, um, he, he's not basing it off of you living a perfect life. He's basing it on his love for you, even if you're, if you're like, I don't know how I could possibly deserve God's love. God really does love you. He really does love you. He is paying attention to you. And, and your life may be as off track as it's possible to be, but don't let that stop you from calling out to him for help, for rescue. And as he, re as he responds, then give your life to him and be saved. So there, those are six, six very biblical good and right ways to, to respond when God finally answers your prayers. And I'm teaching them in advance. I'm teaching them in anticipation anticipation because as far as i can tell our seven years as a church of praying and for more space is about to be answered and i want us to be all prepared to respond fully when god fully answers our much prayed prayers and I, i'm really excited about this moment i'm excited about this it's been a long time coming we're coming to the end of a of a, of a long season of transitions and now we're moving into a, a season of uh, of long answered prayer of expansion of expansion I, ho I hope you're ready i hope you're excited with me um but also god is doing something in your church this is a special season we've been through a few of these in the past but this is a special season and if you know people who aren't sure what they think about god is god really real does he really answer prayers is he still paying attention if you know people who are questioning whether god actually interacts with this world these days this is a great season to bring them here it's a great season to bring them in and say just watch watch what god is doing and what he what he's in the process of unfolding in this church watch over the next years as god provides more space and and as people give their lives to jesus watch answered prayer unfold in this place that's what we're about to go through i encourage you if you know people that are kind of wondering to bring them here bring them here let them see and observe and and i bet they'll be amazed that the living god is still active a few challenges for us today challenge number one um, are there any answered prayers in your life over the last couple years that you feel like you want to do a better job responding in thankfulness in these last in you know there are six ways there you're like you know that was a big deal when god answered that prayer for me yeah i i said thank you but I could have probably done a bit better job. I, I, I could probably could have done a little bit more to say thank you. Um, did, yeah, that, that's, that's number one. It's, it's not too late, even if it's years ago. God loves praise. He doesn't put a deadline on it. It's like, you know, you missed the three-month window. Um, no, no. 
you can still testify to God's answered prayer even years later. Secondly, are there any past bargains you've made with God in prayer that you haven't yet fulfilled? It's probably time to keep that side, that side of the, of the deal. Um, and, and maybe you're like, I don't know. Um, I spent some time praying this week. God, is there anything that I've forgotten? Is there any bargains that I've forgotten that you would like to remind me of? Because I want to keep my end of the bargains if, I, if I've made that bargain. Remind me. Spirit of God, remind me. Thirdly, make a plan to Maybe think about how, how are we going to respond and say thank you as a home, as a family, and then as a church together.